podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The official Brighton and Hove Albion podcast with MyDieselClaim.com. Well, it's a special day for the podcast today. Bobby Zamora and Glenn Murray in a single room together. Two, um, two iconic players. It's an overused word, iconic, but when players carry a club to some extent, get the goals, get the wins, those are the players that really stand out in history. <laughs> Making me blush. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, for me, Bobby, I thoroughly enjoyed it, listened to him, and do you know what? This is a podcast for the listeners, but I think for ex footballers and ex-athletes it's really nice to every now and again not all the time to talk about the old times the good times uh, and just relive some moments it was good to do that with Bobby. Well that really stood out for me that the the two of you talked about character and resilience and getting sent away on loan and getting kicked up and down the country and having to come through adversity and you drew that contrast with the with today's academy experience which is which is wonderful we'd all take it if it was offered wouldn't we? But at the same time, there is something to be said for the the time that you grew up in and came through in, the, the pair of you, um, you know, taking those knocks and fighting your way through. Yeah, there's much more glamour in the game today without any doubt. But I don't think either me or Bobby would change our path, uh, where we started, where we got to. Um, and like you, like you mentioned there, it's all character building. It, it makes you who you are, your experiences and uh, and... We both thoroughly enjoyed our own journeys. We didn't quite uh, resolve the question of who'd be the senior striker if the pair of you played together. Who'd, who'd be? Who'd get the ball? Who'd demand the ball and get it? I'd let Bobby have the ball everywhere, all over the pitch, apart from the six-yard box. <laughs> <laughs> then he'd have a fight on his hands. The best bit, you mean? <laughs> well, I should tell listeners to this podcast that I'm going to take the next 30 minutes off because I, I have with me the two men whose goals... <laughs> took Brian and Hove Albion into the Premier League, two heroic figures in the history of the club. Bobby Zamora, and I'm joined, of course, by our usual co-host, uh, Glenn Murray. I'm going to leave you to it in a minute, fellas, but uh, Bobby, just tell us what you're up to these days, first of all. Uh, do you know what? Now I am actually missing football. I'm missing football, yeah. That's what I'm up to quite often in the mornings, waking up and realising, actually, I'm never going to be able to go out there and do it again. I think that's probably because my body's broken and that real realisation is that you can't even go and do it on a Sunday now with a couple of pals. Um, but, uh, no, in in honesty, I, I'm enjoying retirement, I suppose. You know, obviously, it never lasts forever. Um, so I'm spinning a few plates, should, should we say. Um, obviously, love my fishing, having... Uh, some adventures with my good pal Ali Hamidi and doing a little bit for TV with that. And uh, alongside that, I'm, I've, I started a business when I retired called Football Scapes, which is ex-players, Glenn, Brio Ferdinand, Michael Owen, Jamie Redknapp, Mark Noble, whoever it may be. Um, families can go away on holiday, book the holiday for us and um, get a chance to train with these, these legends of the game, learn. Um, alongside making amazing memories with their friends, uh, making friends and family along the route, you know. So yeah, it's a lot of fun, and it's uh, it's been going six, nearly seven years, and it's growing, and yeah, we're having a lot of fun. And Glenn's been on a couple, managed to get him involved, and he's um, he's it's been a, it's fantastic. It's a real nightmare for you, isn't it, Bobby, having to travel around the world to all these beautiful hotels, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, just make sure they're all right, okay for you and the family when you turn up. So I have to schmooze a little bit when I get to the hotels to make for make sure that. 
all the drama that when Glenn turns up with his mob and uh, smashes it all to pieces, then I've still got a bit of a rep. But no, it's, it's good fun. It's a, a good business and uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. See, well, now, well, now you come to mention that you're in, uh, doing a bit of business together. Here's the killer question for you both. Could you have played together in the same side? I think we could in in the right side. But I'm, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm not happy with how long it took you to answer that question. No, <laughs> because I was I was thinking about the side that I played in. I was almost up tough on my own. I, had, I always I had was as well. Paul Brooker on one side and Nathan Jones on the other, and they were just up and down, up and down, and just getting balls into the box. So I was thinking, right, you know, thinking about that team. But listen, in the right side, I think probably in the side that we're currently in. And even Graham Potter's one as well, you know, in terms of that many balls being cut back into the box for me and you, just, mate, honestly. Just playing for a forward. I mean, it's just the levels the boys are at now and the way they attack and approach games. It's just it's so exciting for a striker to watch. But I, do, I want to pick up on what you said at the start of the interview, Bob, because at the minute, I don't miss playing whatsoever. But we've had this conversation a few times, uh, obviously not recorded. But you said you didn't miss it at the start either, did you? And then all of a sudden that's flipped and you you really do now. Yeah, I I enjoyed not having to get up and not getting well when I come to retirement it was it was painful, you know, like you don't I want I didn't stop for any other reason than I couldn't couldn't play the aches and the pains um day to day. Um so that was the reason for it and I it was a nice relief not to have those those aches and those to have to take that many drugs before games, you know, anti-inflammatories, which aren't great for your stomach or your liver and all those bits. So that was a relief, a nice, like say Christmas and New Year's and being able to go and, you know, go skiing for the first time, you know, it's really, really nice. Um, but yeah, it's the realisation. <laughs> I've been, I'm seven years in now, you're three. three. And I think I was about three or four where it was like, do you know what? Yeah, miss it now. Mr. Boys in the changing room, uh, Mr. Banter, and obviously, yeah, that realisation that you're never going to walk out at Old Trafford at Anfield and seeing it on the box and the Premier League's getting bigger and bigger each every, each and every year and how huge everything is. When you're in that and you're playing, it's just normal. It's, you you, you, you do not realise. Yeah, I, I must admit, since I stepped out, I didn't realise the global reach of the game. Yep. Because, because you're just, your head down, next fixture, am I fit, well, training, tactics, whatever, next game. You don't step back to appreciate it, do you? No. Even pre-season, when, you're, when you have to stand in front of those cameras and say that one yeah. line in, in, <laughs> in Chinese or in, in whatever language yeah. it is, you don't even realise that it's going out to millions and millions of people. You have no idea. Like, it just doesn't doesn't sink in. But now when you sit back and you are on holiday somewhere or you are somewhere else around the world and everybody's talking about the Premier League and you think, actually, wow, that that is a beast and I was a part of that. And yeah, that's, uh, that's a realisation that I, I think yeah, has sunk in now. Well, a small illustration of that is you cost Brighton, I think, 100 grand from Bristol Rovers, man. What would you cost now? Yeah, I don't know. But you know what? It's, 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 um, it's crazy, the transfer fees. And yeah, you know, uh, uh, at one point, you know, Liverpool and Spurs both bid £10 million for me. And I was thinking, I think to myself, like, right, okay, it's Liverpool and Spurs both bid £10 million. What is that today? I don't like, is it an English English player as well? You know, like, it's, it's, it's crazy to think. At, back, back then, I thought, God, that's a lot of money. That was, I think the trans record transfer was 
I don't know, maybe 35, 40 at the time. I don't know. Mm. But you don't, again, that didn't really cross my mind or it wasn't anything. But yeah, the numbers now today are, are mad. What was your what was your biggest transfer for you? Oh, it was three and a half, I think. Yeah. And that was in my 30s. Yeah. Like, what would that, like, like now? Oh, I was I was cheap. I mean, obviously, I came. I I it was and back here. Goals, so it was, I mean? it was from it was from Bournemouth to here, mm. and that was at thirty one. And that's and now in today's game, you probably finished at thirty one pretty much. Well, yeah, well, no, yeah, but just it's just crazy the the money that's in the game. It's amazing. It's amazing. But that, that comes from global reach and how big the Premier League is and how much of an amazing league it is. And like I say, to step back now and see. You know how big how big uh, English football is. Really, it's, it's crazy. Oh, you went on to uh, great things, obviously. You know, Fulham particularly. But can you remember that time when Brighton were Bobby Zamora for a, quite a while? There was a feeling. There was a feeling at the club that if you stayed, everything would be okay. If you left, the ceiling would fall in. You know, and and everything revolved around you. You were the symbol of the team, the goal scorer, the star of the team. You know, the 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 the, the big celeb in the team. Can you remember what that felt like? Um, I was like 19, 20 years of age. So again, it, when you experience it for the first time, it's it's just, and it, uh, yeah, it, it, I suppose it, only now, I suppose, do I realise that back then a lot of people in Brighton yeah, looked up to me. I don't know. I suppose, I suppose little old Brighton was little old Brighton, I suppose. And I don't know. I didn't look, much further than let me just play football and score goals and see where this can go. Really, I didn't really didn't think about the changing room. Wouldn't would, certainly wouldn't have allowed an ego anyway. <laughs> so there's no chance of me having an ego in that changing room. You mean the likes of Danny Char- Cullip and Charlie, Charlie Oway, yeah, 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 and yeah. Shippy. You know those guys wouldn't. And 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 listen, that that's not my character. And uh, first and foremost, but those guys wouldn't have allowed it. So. Um, it was a it was a happy medium. I'd go out, score goals, and they could be my bodyguards on the pitch, really for me. So yeah. The official Brighton and Hove Albion podcast. Check if you are eligible for significant compensation for free at mydieselclaim.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Norman Cook told a story the other day that, you know, that the money he put in the club kept you at the club. And the clubs, the fans were in a terrible state of anxiety the whole time that you, that someone's going to take you away at any minute. And, and the, that's what I'm saying. The club, the club's whole future seemed to hang on you for so long, didn't it? Yeah, um, I suppose so. It wasn't really, listen, I absolutely loved where I was playing, scoring goals. And when you're, uh, well, not that I'd been anywhere else and, and had the experience before but I was in a happy place and scoring goals so there was no real reason for me to want to leave we'd won the league first time round won the league again it was like okay fantastic and then we got to the championship and at that stage I was uh, in with the under 21s and obviously I think I was that that was quite crazy and that was different in terms of someone coming from outside the Premier League I suppose and being in the under 21s mm. um, 
Peter Taylor obviously opened the door and gave us the the opportunity to to, to do that by speaking to the, the people at the FA and and to um, David Platt and say, listen, take a take a look. He, he's got enough about him that he can play. How did that sit with you when you're walking into that that squad with lads that you've seen playing at the top level and, and you hadn't done that yet? I, I, it must be difficult. Um, no, not really, because I grew up. In my Sunday side, my, my oh, Sunday side yes. was crazy. Can you so, tell us about your Sunday side? Because it's incredible. Yeah, my Sunday side was um, was called Senrab. So you've probably all heard it before. But, but it's my Sunday side was John Terry, Paul Koncheski, Ledley King, J. Lloyd Samuels, uh, Kemi Izzet, um, Steve Mills, James Carter. There was, I think, it was nine of that Sunday side went to become went on to play professional. Incredible. Five of us played for England. Um, like full England caps, so I'd grown up playing with these guys, and I, honestly, like you're not ten times better than me. Do you know what I mean? That's that's the way I always do it. Like, yeah. Oh, they've gone to Chelsea. They've got their, they're doing their apprenticeship there. Mine went around the houses a little bit, but I already know now in those four or five years, whatever it is that we haven't played together, you're not loads better than me. So I could go. Oh, I felt happy enough, and I knew a lot of the characters in there anyway. So I'd grown up. With quite a few of those boys, so yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like I was walking into a yeah a change room that yeah. you knew no one. Yeah. Did it, so you you mentioned the players there, and I mean that's better than most academies that get get to produce mm. on a, on a regular basis. But I suppose looking at those lads, and you said you went round the houses with with what you did along Bristol, on loan at Bath, and then and then to Brighton. But did that add fuel to the fire that you? knew in your mind and you had that belief that they weren't any better than you but they were getting loaded already did you want to like catch them up did it did it add no because I was I, I, I genuinely was just didn't think about those guys and what they're doing I we used to I used to meet up with them after a game so I, we <laughs> I would drive uh, so, <laughs> I would drive as far as you could like for an away game wherever it may be so Birmingham was the halfway point and then you'd jump on the coach. I'd leave my car there and on a Saturday afterwards we'd get dropped off at Birmingham and I would bomb it back to go out in Romford. Can you believe it? <laughs> and Romford. you had a little tour where didn't but you? We had we had a, a big group of boys. I mean, yeah, like I say, John Terry, Paul Koncheski, Joe Cole, Michael Carrick, because it was the West Ham lads as well that were that were in and around Romford. So most weekends we were all together. Where are you? We got so and so away. You'd usually have a little stowaway in that car with you, wouldn't you? Uh, Steve Sidwell. Yeah, Sid, Sid would be there as well. Do you know what I mean? That's when we when we went into the bright lights at London as well. So I've yeah, watched. listen, just just some, just you know those guys, and like I say, going into that changing room and the under twenty ones, I knew quite a lot of guys, so it wasn't a, an uncomfortable place for me. You'd have the same feeling, Glenn, about your start in football, wouldn't you? That you that you came through that way. You came the hard yeah. way, didn't you? Yeah, and I think from my point of view, it made me appreciate getting to the top. Uh, all that much more than than lads who had had a different route and had, had always been looked after. Like I, I look at lads in our in our academy now, mm. and the academy is like it's incredible. And I just think if you're taken out of this situation and you've got to go and play like on loan, at, I don't know. I'll pick a club out and no disrespect them, but like Blackpool, mm. like you will be like a fish out of water. Yeah. Whereas like me and Bobby, we 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 started and we progressed and progressed and progressed. And I think it makes you a little bit more thankful. Uh, definitely. I wouldn't change it for the world. I like going and playing at some of those stadiums on a Tuesday night, Scunthorpe on a Tuesday night away, do you know what I mean, in the FA Cup. 
so many amazing experiences. I remember, well, like I say, I was on, on loan at Bath before coming to, to Brighton and the, the away games, we used to have a, a flask with beans and a couple of jacket potatoes that they'd put in at whatever time and were wrapped up in foil. And, you know, you just sit on a coach and have your beans on and jacket potato on the way to the game. Just like at Fulham in the Europa League. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly right. So, yeah, just, just mad, you know, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world to, go there and step by step and yeah can I do this can I get there and then finally get to the top and to be able to run out of Wembley for your country was yeah incredible yeah yeah Europa League final and playing for England you did go all the way didn't you mm. um, I mean talking the Europa League with that experience under your belt what, what advice would you give these players about being in a first Europa, Europa League campaign um, how is it different <laughs> do you know what I'm not really not a deep thinker though like Outside, I used to go home from football, from training, and literally take the dog for a walk and just nothing. Didn't I like? I, I suppose I, I got criticised a little bit once in a while about not watching a lot of football because it, I I always say like if you're a painter and decorator and you're painting walls all day every day, you don't go home and stick changing rooms on, do you? Like, <laughs> like you don't. And then you get down the pub and. Well, yeah, John goes, hey, mate, you, what Dulux do you reckon I should have? A mat or emotion or everyone talking to you all the time. So yeah. why, when I went home, it would be switch off. Yeah. Yes, I used to watch your Barcelonas versus Man United, the big games or the mm. big derbies, the ones that are on TV. But I wouldn't sit and watch Reading versus Burnley or anything like that. And some people, listen, fine, Danny Murphy, watch every single game out now. Every single game. Me, wasn't for me, but um, yeah, I just go home, switch off. Sorry, I've lost a question. Oh, it was about him playing in Europe. And yeah, sorry. That's, <laughs> well, that was a bit far, wasn't it? I went off on, off on one now. Um, advice. Well, yeah, I, like I say, I wasn't a deep thinker, so I, I, would, I would just go home and switch off and just take every game. All right, who have I got coming up? Yeah. Don't really know who you are. The guys who give you the, the, the laptop yeah. and you, this is who you're playing against. And then go out there and enjoy it. Just yeah, just go and enjoy the game. Like we was in a good side. Everybody knew their jobs. These guys are the same. They know their jobs. They're so drilled. A little bit like Roy, really. Mm. I mean, different formation, different way of playing. But I know that Roberto drills in exactly right. Listen, the ball gets here. These are your movements. And 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 that's you know, listen. I could have played left back in that in that Fulham side because we were so drilled. But for those guys, they know what their job is. They know what they've got to do. Um, they all know what their improvements are. They're all getting the analysts uh, are there, and they've got exactly all the information they need to so just go and enjoy it really you know that's what I think football football is I mean I, if I don't I never over I tried to over, well I didn't overthink football just go play and enjoy I don't know whether you thought about football um, deeply or I, th- I think I think as a young lad I probably overthought it did yeah you? I did sometimes yeah and like you say there's nothing better than like so before a Premier League game I would go down to my local calf with the dog buy a paper and just have a cup of coffee and just like sort of take myself away from any sort of like TV or chat or anything. And I'd see people walk in the cafe and they'd be like, you know, game three, what? Like, like I wasn't allowed to be there. Like you yeah. did something special, yeah. but I would just try and be as normal as possible and, and just stop that noise. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you could just approach it and just, I know it's, it's a strange situation, is it? Because people think you should act differently. Yeah. Oh, it's a big game today. You've got to do something different. Well, no, I've just got to, relax and enjoy it I know what I've been doing I've been training for however many years and I know what I've been doing we've been working on it all week or two weeks coming up to this game 
everything all the work's been done just go and go and do what you've got to do for me and as, as a striker listen that ball f- I always used to think listen you're going to get one good chance each game mm. you're going to get one good chance put it away that's that's it yeah I was going to say maybe it's easier not to overthink it if you're a striker you've got a very specific job yeah you? exactly yeah. that yeah I think I think Bobby's right like that that one chance will come and then I think it's also about if you miss that chance it's the mentality of the person and being a striker you've got to have thick skin to a certain extent because when you do miss one everyone's looking towards you that pressure's on you for that second one which is just about trying to keep calm and, and do what you've done a million times before in training and let instinct take over exactly that instinct is it and repetitions and yeah you see David Beckham's free kick and his body shape and how that is and that's just through pure repetitions and when that ball drops for a striker if you've done plenty of practice plenty of those those drills your body your mind will just kick in and that ball will end up in the back of the net defenders in league one and league two must have been terrified of you because you were scoring so regularly and you know you're a strong player as well you presumably got kicked a lot down in those leagues and but you could look after yourself yeah I think do you know what a few of those guys uh, were probably I was going to say no disrespect but it is very disrespectful <laughs> car horses so 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 <laughs> um, yeah, listen, they weren't the most nimble, but if you put the ball in the air, they would certainly put their put their head, elbow and everything else through the back of you. Mm. Um, but for me, it was, listen, just play the balls down the side, Bozzy and Jonesy getting the balls in the box and a few understandings, a few movements that we all knew and uh, you'd create chances. And yeah, it was, um, it just, it just seemed to come. The goals just every time I'd go out there, the ball would drop and I'd hit it and it would go in. And when you're a striker, you, Glenn knows when you're in that place, when you're in that vein of form, every single thing you hit just goes in the back of the net. And I felt like every time I went out for Brian, whenever it was, it was going to happen. Even, <laughs> even remarkably, when I came back the second time at the Amex, you know, I, I don't know how many games I started, but I think I ended up with like ten goals and I could hardly move. And I was in a lot of pain, but it seemed like every time I hit the ball, it went in the back of the net, which is, which is crazy. Well, we'd just like to apologise to any cart horses listening to this, this show. <laughs> um, Glenn, did you have a song? Because Bobby had one of the great football songs, of course. Uh, yeah, it was a rubbish song, I think. Well, I think it, though. Do you want to you hear it? Do you, you, know the, you know the words, when the ball hits the goal. No, no, not mine. I'm talking about oh, well, his. I want him to right. sing his. Oh, okay. What was mine? Um, I can't get the theme, do you? put me on the spot, Bob. But I, t- I tell you what, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll gloss over that. But what I did do is that when I came back to the club, we obviously never played together. But Bobby was al- always someone that... So when I was like coming through the leagues, he was somebody that I, I see score Premier League goals regularly and I'd look up towards. And I used to have a box for my family. Well, lo and behold, there's this huge mural, right? It's about 16 foot by 10 foot on this wall <laughs> of Bobby Zamora and all his goals. And every time I walked past it, every afternoon, so it would be after a game, and, and quite often it was in the championship season, and I'd scored. It was at the Amex, obviously. And I'd see this number on the board, and I'd see all these goals, and I'd be like, I'm going to catch him. One day, I'm going to catch him. And it just added that fuel to my fire, and I was like, I want a mural like that one day. <laughs> and lo and behold, I did. But now, one thing I want to ask you, Bobby, is just obviously someone that's had two spells at the club like yourself, just that comparison not really between the club because I think I think it's it's playing for all to see how different they both are, but the changing rooms you were in. Oh yeah, I'm obviously training just over there um, at the university, 
was a yeah a quagmire. I came in January first time round on loan, I think, and um, yeah, that place was was crazy, like flooded. <laughs> you know, if, it, if it rained, it would be yeah, we'd have to wait maybe an hour or so for it to dry. Hopefully, if it was windy, um, but the changing rooms were university changing rooms. So uh, yeah, like you say, you mentioned earlier today that yeah, there'd be students walking past, or <laughs> yeah, the kit room was just a little room upstairs, just yeah, absolute as basic as they could be really but it's brilliant absolutely loved it the little fine system that we had the guys in the change room just made it just so entertaining every single day there was something going on or laughing joking abuse yeah <laughs> crying yeah <laughs> but no just just a, it was a fantastic place to come in and and i think to be honest i mean you touched on it already the academy guys they're missing out really on on i think yeah life lessons i suppose i'd call them just life lessons and yeah the jobs that we used to do as as an apprentice you know mate not here but when i was at bristol rovers you know the jobs were, were brilliant i was head boy in my second year so I had to make sure everybody else had done jobs before i went and got the youth team manager to to double check them and they're just just great great memories just really really are and i think those guys are missing out even if they could just clean in boots for the players yeah. to be honest like that I want to be. I want to be up there. And just yeah, yeah because you don't. You, now you don't see the pros, do you? Really, you don't. Well, there's not too much interaction. I don't think. No, I don't think there's much interaction. But you're on this. You're on the same place, and you. And I think you tread as well as the first team. And I think a lot of lads fall into the into the trap of thinking it's a natural progression. Mm. But that step is so so big. And, and I don't know about you, Bob, but but me. You you mentioned Paul about um, well about Carlos is kicking you basically, but that also adds an element to your game, doesn't it? Because you learn how to look after yourself and how to use your body yeah. as as you progress up the leagues, and and that is something that I used right until the very end. I mean, I got lauded for buying free kicks for for quite a lot of time, but all that work was learned getting kicked in the Unibomb Premier League. Do you know what I mean? So it's all relative, and and like Bobby says, I think that experience is just like. I, I wouldn't change my path either. It was so special. Mm, yeah. Well, it may not be a coincidence that you were both so strong for so long, so productive, so resilient as footballers. You know, you had you had great, both had great careers because you had the you, you you built up strength. You had that character. You had that experience, and you had that background. You know, maybe there's something in that. Yeah, I, I think there is, and I think I think lads should try and get out on loan more because, unfortunately, for them. The majority won't reach the first team, at, 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 and this isn't just this football club. It's at, at most football clubs, uh, especially Premier League clubs. And I think it's important to go out and and learn your trade. I mean, even even the world's best striker, Harry Kane. I mean, or in the uh, depending on your opinion, he went out, learned his trades at Leighton Orient, Leicester, all these places, sitting on the bench, just just getting out there and and being in different changing rooms, different environments, and just taking himself out of his comfort zone. And for me. That's so important. Yeah, that's it. Being out of your comfort zone. Try getting comfortable being uncomfortable, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes the norm. So yeah, for me, those young players certainly it worked for me. Go out and loan. <laughs> Don't be I think there's almost that social media element of those kids that are in those big Premier League clubs now that if I go on loan somewhere, it looks bad on not yeah. bad on me, but there's a an ego. An ego to it, really. And they all seem to have one at a very young age. Or, well, not all, sorry. That's a, 
but but my opinion is a lot of them are probably no, I don't want to go out online. I'd rather play in the twenty threes. Well, I would call. Let me tell you, go and play. But it's not go real yeah, football. Like, the twenty threes, yeah. is it? And, no, and even, even even back in the day when we were kids, you'd have reserve teams, yeah. and you would come across people, and they'd have two or three lads that were coming back from the first team, yeah. and they'd play, and you'd be like, "Playing yeah. such and such yeah. today," and you'd be excited for that. Whereas now, twenty three is football. It's there's nothing really on the line, is no. there? No. Yeah, it's it's yeah, like you say, yeah, I remember that those reserve team games, and there's one or two proper pros coming back, or yeah, wow, cool. I'm up against so and so today, or this guy's centre half. He's played, you know, X amount of games in the Premier League. Let me, that's a challenge for you. Yeah. Let me see how I go. If I can do well, the manager might see me in this one, you know. So, yeah, but it's it's just, yeah, for me, life lessons and experiences out in the big wide world. Well, you said you're missing the game. We're not going to see you back on the pitch, but let's hope we see you back here as many times as possible. Uh, goal scoring royalty I've been in the company of today with you too so thanks very much Bobby for joining us pleasure cheers Bob if you enjoyed that with us please rate review us and tell your friends the official Brighton and Hove Albion podcast check if you are eligible for significant compensation for free at mydieselclaim.com remind me I can't say or can I can ideally not This podcast is a VoiceWorks Sport production for Brighton and Hove Albion. Sports Social Podcast Network.